I wish I played the guitar. Uh, I actually bought a, well, let me rephrase. Jerrica bought me a really nice guitar once. I mean, like a really nice guitar. And uh, over the course of about like five years of owning it, I tried to play it once and then I sold it. Because um, <laughs> she's like, you're never going to learn how to play. And I was like, I had the best of intentions. Like I was going to learn how to at least play some simple chords, be able to lead some worship and do some different things, right? Because uh, I can carry a tune well enough, but... Uh, I don't really play any other instrument to go along with that. So I thought I'd play the guitar and it just didn't work out. So anytime I, like someone's up here playing the guitar and not just playing the guitar, but doing it well, I secretly hate you just so you were one. If you, if you were wondering, uh, that's what's going on in my mind. I'm just like, look at that jerk and his talent and stuff. Uh, but yeah, so maybe I shared too much. I don't know. We're in part five. We're in the last week of our series, Jesus is for Losers. And the entire series has been leading up to this moment. And if you haven't been here for any other week, I would encourage you at some point to go back and listen to those other sermons because uh, if not today, at least my first couple statements here isn't going to make a lot of sense to you. Uh, but but I've, the whole series has been leading up to this moment. And I've really struggled to not tell you this before today, but at last, here we are. Okay, you guys ready for it? Everybody prepared? You ready? Good. You're a loser. Yeah. <laughs> loser, right? Like, you're a loser, right? And now, that's not something I ever thought I'd tell people from the stage. Uh, not something I ever thought I'd be comfortable telling people from the stage. Uh, but, but, uh, if you've been here from, uh, if you haven't been here for any other part of the series, things just got kind of awkward, like really, really awkward. Um, if you have been here, you can't understand that that's right where we want to be, right? That's right where we want to be. It's not a terrible place to be because when you realize and accept that when you are left alone to your own devices, you are on the losing side of righteousness, then God can use you. Then God can use you. That is the moment in time. That's the place we have to be for God to really build something beautiful out of our story. Because what we've learned through this series is that in our weaknesses, God is strong, right? In our trials, he's proven. In our victories, God is glorified. He gets the credit. God needs us to be in shambles so that he can put the pieces back together, turning us from this disassembled jigsaw puzzle into a beautiful mosaic worthy uh, of an art gallery. Ty, you just got back from Europe. Did you go to any art galleries? Did you see any mosaics? the little tile pictures. Come on, Tyler, you're letting me down here. I know I didn't prepare you for this. He doesn't remember. He wasn't looking at the art. It was the pretzel stand in the art gallery that had his attention. So soft and delicious. I'm just messing with you, man. Right? But, but God needs to be able to take the pieces of our life and put them back together in the way that he sees fit to make us the being, the, the person that we're supposed to be so that we can follow his will and have the greatest effect for the kingdom. And oftentimes what it takes for us to get to that moment where we completely surrender to God is being in a place of shambles, is being what the world would look at and see as a loser. And so I told you very first week two, right? Rodney told you week one that he was a loser when he preached our starting sermon. I told you week two that I was a loser. And now we're in week five and I'm letting you all know that you're losers also. But that's exactly where you need to be. What I need us to understand, and what I hope by now, um, 
through this sermon series you have realized is that there is nothing, and I mean nothing, that disqualifies you from being accepted or forgiven. And that there's very little that disqualifies you from entering into the service of the Lord in some form or fashion. Because God takes broken things and he makes them beautiful. Today I hope to offer you losers... I'm going to not call you losers again after that, I promise. Today, I hope to offer you losers, of which I am one. <laughs> I just say you're right. <laughs> Some encouragement for your journey ahead. We're going to be in various places today in Scripture, but we're going to start in Hebrews chapter 13. We're going to look at verse 20 and 21, which says, Now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with every good with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now the key in this uh, two verses, in these two verses, is the word equip that we find in verse 21. That word equip comes from the Greek word, katartisai, uh, which literally means to make ready for use, Right? God is making us ready for use. He is equipping us with every good thing that we need in order to be in his service, in order to have an effect for the kingdom, in order to use our story to touch lives so that they can come to know the forgiveness and the love and the Jesus that we follow. The preparation for this service is completed at the hands of God. What I need you to understand, what I need you to know as as people who start out in a place of brokenness is this. The preparation for your calling isn't on you. God will take care of it. God will take care of it. We are told in Scripture that God loved us so much that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still broken, that's when the sacrifice came. And the promise is that if we devote ourselves to Christ and we turn our lives over to him, that he will change us from the inside out. It's why we are gifted the Holy Spirit. We talked about that this morning in Salt Group. It matched up so perfectly. That the Spirit is there to to lead us and guide us and make us more like the living God that we follow. God is going to take care of that preparation. And what's really cool about these verses is that Paul makes sure to explain that it's the blood of Christ that has secured this this metamorphosis of our failures into kingdom building blocks. And I think that's really special. And it's something we've already talked about in this series, but, but because of what Christ did on the cross, everything that we consider a failure, everything that we've ever been embarrassed about, everything that we think makes us less than is now something that God can use to build his kingdom. Our experiences, our unholiness through Christ's work on the cross can actually bring others into holiness. And we get to participate in that process. And my mind is always blown by that because I know what a knucklehead I am, right? I just know how short I fall so often. And so I, I see that and I think, how just how much grace is there that God can use me? That God can use me and he does use me and he does use my experiences and he does use my failures. He is equipping us through everything that we go through 
to be the people that we are supposed to be. And understanding, understanding that through Jesus' blood, our failures become kingdom building blocks, challenges us to work on ourselves, to now take some onus over our lives and the way that we do things so that we might help bring about the best possible outcomes for the Lord. Moving to Philippians chapter 2, looking at verses 12 through 13, we're further encouraged when it tells us, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Now, this is a, a letter, right, that Paul's writing to the Philippians. This is encouragement that he's, he's sending to them. He's already been with them uh, for a period of time, and he has since left, right? And, and after his leadership was kind of removed from their presence, they're kind of starting to lose their way a little bit. And so he writes this letter to just encourage them to continue to, to, to do the things that they've already been doing. You have obeyed God. You have always obeyed my teachings and my commands. Continue even more so in my absence to work out your salvation. We just talked about how understanding what Christ has done for us leads us to want to, to participate in this process, to continue to strengthen and improve our relationship and our standing with Christ and in an understanding who he is. This plea to the Philippians this plea for the believers to work on their salvation was a call to use what God had equipped them with through his spirit and experience in their daily lives. Seek every day to use what it is that God has given you. That's the plea. That's the calling. Continue to work out your salvation by showing others what it is that Christ has done in you. And it's not a flippant just go live your life and try to be as good as you can be and try to obey and follow God. It is a call to live lives of purpose. We aren't putting ourselves out there to overshare. It's, it's, it's not to um, create drama. It's not to try to um, take empathy from others. We are living and sharing with purpose. It's about how our life experiences have shaped us into the person that we are today. One of the things that we talked about in Salt Group I shared today is how I can look back in my life and I can see how five years ago I wasn't as good of a person, I wasn't as strong of a believer as I am today. And five years before that, so 10 years ago, things were kind of even worse, if I'm just being honest with you. Right? And I can see this process of salvation taking place where God is continuing to work in me, knowing that salvation was had at the moment that I accepted Christ, right? that I placed my faith in him, but how through this process, Christ is continuing to reform me, sometimes throwing me in the fire so that I come out stronger and better. That is what is taking place. We are continuing to work out our salvation. It says with fear and trembling, right? Which is really with respect and reverence for who God is and what he has done for us. We continue this process. God has moved through you and moved through me to bring us to victory with the distinct purpose that because we have experienced that victory, we may now work on his behalf. God is calling 
for you to purposefully use your story to help influence how others write theirs. I'm going to say it again. God's calling is for you to purposefully use your story to help others influence how they write theirs. Now moving to 2 Peter, looking at verse 1 or chapter 1 verse 3. It says his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us to his own glory and excellence. What he's really telling us here, what Peter's really telling us here in, in, in this letter is that knowing God is all we need for success. If you want to change things around from being a loser to not a loser, know God, seek God. And by the metric that matters, you will be a winner. Because what matters isn't what the earth deems as success. It's what God says is successful. The source of our ability to live a life of godliness is God himself. And if we want to be more like God, then we have to know God. In him, you and I and everyone has all that they need. Let's look at Philippians 4, 12 through 13. It says, I know how to be brought low. Same book, Paul's writing Philippians. Remember, we just read from there. He's encouraging them to continue to work out their faith. I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. This was Paul's encouragement to the Philippians that no matter what I face, no matter what I go through, no matter what circumstances are currently at hand, I know that because I know God and God is with me, things are going to work out. Now, I can't speak for anybody else, but I can tell you that recently this has been at the forefront of my mind because uh, inflation, which doesn't exist anymore, we are told, has started to hit home a little bit. I mean, maybe I'm the only one, but like, I go to the grocery store, and I'm like, this didn't used to cost that much, right? Putting gas in my truck, this didn't used to cost that much. Things are tight. Things are tough. We're having to say goodbye to some things that we've had plenty of room to be okay spending money on. Does that make sense? Some of you may be struggling with that as well. And, and as we come to the end of our month, recently, things are a little tighter than they used to be. And it's been really good for me. It's been really, really good for me because I've had to lean on and rely on Christ and trust it's going to be okay. And guess what? Every month, it's been okay. Every month, it's been okay. This may be an overshare, but at some points, my bank account has had that little dash in front of it the day before payday. And it's like, oh, it, it, it passed just in time. Like we didn't get the, the fee, you know, like it was pending and the money came in right as that other money was going out. And I thought I was like, thank you, Lord. Right. I know what it's like personally to, to have excess. And I know what it's like to struggle to get by. And I've been everywhere in between, everywhere in between. And what I know is that in all things and in all times, there has been a way. God has made a way. Romans 8, 31 through 32 says, What then shall we say of these things? If God is for us, then who can be against us? 
He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Now, a lot of us read this verse, and if you're in a church that believes in the prosperity gospel, they're going to read you this verse, and they're going to tell you, God wants you to have the mansion, and God wants you to have the boats, and the cars, and the rays, and the this, and the that, and maybe God does want you to have that, but uh, God hasn't wanted me to have that yet, um, and that's okay. That's okay. But what God has given me is all things that I have needed, right? All things that I have needed. He has equipped, he has called, he has provided. He has always done that for me. I have made it through. If you are here today in this moment, listening to this sermon, your track record of making it through things is 100%. It's 100%. No one else in the world has that win percentage without the grace of God, right? It's 100%. You've made it through. Sure, there have been times where you thought, I don't know how I'm going to make it through. There have been times where you thought, this really isn't fair. There have been times where you thought, I just need things to be easier. But you have made it through. You have graciously been given all things that you have needed, and you are here today. Faith says, I don't need to know the exact outcome to know that God will make it a successful one. I don't need to know the exact outcome to know that God will make it a successful one. So when you're facing trials and tribulation, when you're in the midst of those battles, you're not going to know the exact outcome, but you need to have faith that God is going to make it a successful one in your life. And how can we have faith that that's the case? Because your track record is 100%. You're making it through. Here's something that I have come to know because I have tested it more than I care to admit. If God is in it, and just to be clear, God is in it. He is in all things. There is another in the fire. He is standing next to you. I love that song because there is so much truth to it. If God is in it and he is in all things, then he will make a way. If it's his will for you, he will make a way. And you may fall, you may fall, but you won't ever truly fail because God is with you. He will make a way. I tested that. I, I almost never know how. And those moments where I'm like, yeah, I don't get this. I, I don't know why I'm going through this. I don't know how this is going to work out. I can't possibly see how this is going to make me better. It just hurts right now. It, I'm just struggling right now, right? And that's all I can see. I can't see beyond it. I almost never know how. It almost never makes sense. It's not always how I would picture it or want it to work out or be, but it always works out. We always make it. We always have enough. God's power has always given me everything I need in the matters of life and holiness. There are others that have more. There are others that have far less. All I know is that in abundance or in struggle, in times that are high, and in times that are low, God is with me 
and I have made it. All I need for success is knowing God. And knowing God is accomplished by knowing His Scriptures. There's two ways we get to know God. The Holy Spirit, it leads our steps, it guides us, it directs us. We, it takes practice to listen to it and to learn from it and to know its voice versus other voices that we sometimes want to project, right? The Spirit and the Scriptures. There are 66 books in the Holy Bible that are more readily available today than they ever have been in the history of the world. You can buy the paperback, you can Google, you can find translations in almost every language, you can find different versions, you can find free commentaries that help you explain the things you have questions on. The Word of God is more readily available today than it ever has been. And if you want to know God, then you have to know the handbook. Right? You have to know the handbook. 2 Timothy 3, 16-17 All Scripture is God-breathed, is breathed out by God, and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Everything you need is in that book. Everything you need is in that book. You need encouragement? It's there. You need guidance? It's there. You need answers? Not sure what to do next? You need reproof? You need correction? You need to be helped? It's there. It's there. It's in the book. If you need something as it pertains to matters of eternal importance, it's there. Read the book. Know the book. Ask questions about the book. You want to know who God is? It's there. God has called you. He will equip you. He will get you through trials and tribulations. He has not forgotten about you. He is right beside you. He is ready to live life with you. He wants you to know who He is. He wants you to know who He is. And He is ready for a relationship with you today. And if you do not have a relationship with Christ, I'm telling you, from personal experience, it's all you need. Everything else will work itself out. Everything else will work itself out. But on your list of priorities, that relationship with God needs to be number one. And just watch. I challenge you. Just watch to see how everything else falls in place. Because God is for us, and because He is for us, there is nothing that can stand against us. There are things that can try us. There are things that can test us. There are things that we feel like can break us. But God is bigger. He is stronger. He is in all things, and He can take those ashes. He can take those ashes and build something beautiful out of them. Let's pray. God, I come to you right now today, and Lord, I just thank you that you are a God who takes the things that we have broken, the things that are broken about us, and you can make something beautiful out of them. Through your grace, 
through your love, through what your son did on the cross, God, we can experience rebirth and renewal. God, I pray for anybody out there this morning that doesn't have a strong and confident relationship with you. Those out there that have questions today that are unsure. God, I pray that you would help cement for them the truth that you are real, that you want relationship with them, that even if they ever feel like a loser, God, you do not see them that way. Because you are our creator. And you are also our sustainer. And all we need at the end of the day is you. Help those of us who don't have you at number one on the priority list to make you number one on the priority list. Help those of us who are still holding on to the reins of our life turn them over to you. God, I know it's scary. God, I know at times it's overwhelming. But you are in control. And maybe we started out as a loser. But we are losers no more. You call us sons and daughters. What an honor that we don't deserve. I ask you to be with each and every person here this morning, God, each and every person that listens to this sermon later or is online with us now. God, I pray that you would just help cement these truths in their life. That they are worthy and you are with them. We ask these things in Jesus' powerful name. Amen. Stand with me now. We're going to worship. This is a time for reflection and prayer. If you need somebody to pray with you about anything going on in your life, please come see me. I would love to pray with you. If you'd like to use our stage as an altar, come, kneel, pray. God's listening. God's listening. If you need to talk about what it means to have a relationship with Christ, then come do that with me today. We need to talk about it. We need to talk about it. We need to at least explore the possibility that God is calling you into that relationship with him. Otherwise, now is the time, like I said, to worship and reflect, and that's exactly what we're going to do right now.